Podcast. I am your host, Kurt Kinsey, and with me tonight, as always, is Josh Cacho. Josh, what's up, man? Not too much. Obviously, we've got some some news to talk about and on a couple fronts, but, you know, like I said, I think things are finally starting to get rolling as we head into, um, as we finally wade our way through silly season and, and head towards the end of the year where it really, you know, again, when it really starts to matter. Yeah. So for those of you who have been living under a rock but are still listening to this show, Thank you for listening, and LAFC have signed a new midfielder, Francisco Ginella, from, you guessed it, Uruguay. Uh, not from Peñarol this time, from the Montevideo uh, Wanderers is the team, correct, Josh? Yes. Um, from the capital city. Yes. So the deal was, at least everything that I've seen, $2.5 over four years, which puts him in the TAM range. I think kind of. I think it's probably actually. around what we're paying Dio. Oh, is it? Is that about the same? Seems like it. I mean, two and a half over four, which would make sense. Dio is making about eight, eight fifty. Yeah. I think a year. I guess that's yeah, about right. Okay. Um, so I went. Let's see. I think they announced it on Saturday or Sunday night, and I spent probably three or four hours on YouTube just watching video. Uh, he's definitely. Uh, a number six, uh, maybe a number eight. He wears the eight for the Wanderers. Um, but he, for his club, he plays out of a single pivot quite a bit and will get forward at times, but he's mostly that deep line playmaker. Um, I know that there's some speculation that maybe he's a fill-in for Edward Atuesta if they move if they move him in January. I don't think that's the case. I think he's just midfield depth at this point. Um likely somebody that will be challenging for a starting position right away, uh, given the price tag and, and what I've seen on film. Uh, he does a, a lot of the little things right. He's not the greatest one-on-one defender in open space, but he does make some pretty spectacular tackles here and there. Uh, it seems to be like a 50-50 type thing. He either misses spectacularly or, or wins the ball in the same fashion. Um, but one thing that you that you notice is that he's very creative with how he gets the ball into space. Uh, his first touch is always in a is always in a safe direction, whether it's upfield or, or back, and he uses creative touches to get there. So it's not like your stereotypical for you know oh where they, people will say oh he's got such a great first touch and they mean he can just kill the ball. Uh, it's also a very creative first touch, and the film was pretty fun to watch. Uh, also scored a goal in the U20 World Cup, assisted by none other than Brian Rodriguez. So there seems to be at least some sort of connection there already. Anything else on him, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing, you know, it, to kind of point out is just like, it's just raw talent, right? And and I think it's at a higher level than, you know, at least at a, at a higher level from a starting point than what was expected of our current midfielders. And so Definitely. I think the one thing to think is like if if the starting point is higher, but but our mid- current midfield was raised to a specific, you know, to a level that, you know, allowed us to become the best team in, you know, for, you know, in the league um, during the regular season, right? You have to think that if they can continue to mold him and grow him over the next few years, he's going to become you know, a world beater or at least a guy that sold for, you know, way more than the two and a half that they paid for him. 
right? So if you think right. Atuesta was probably bought, I think was bought for like four or five hundred thousand, and then is now a guy that's going to be probably, you know, moved on at some point before between five and ten, right? Yeah, yeah, roughly, you know. And Rossi, a guy that was bought for I think four, and now they're talking anywhere between, uh, I think what fifteen to twenty. Yeah, I think I think the offer from Fiorentina was seventeen in the summer. Yeah, so you know, so you know, you're looking at you know a mut or based on what the coaching staff and the training staff has done in terms of developing the players, right? I think that there's there's a there's a high chance that you know that this isn't just a guy that's that we're expecting to come in and you know play every now and then and that sort of thing. I think he he's coming at it at a level. You know, similar to uh, Chiqui Palacios, that we, based on the talent level that we've seen, we expect him to compete and to compete for a starting job sooner than later, right? While, you know, similar to maybe like what we, you know, what we were expecting from an Andre Orta, but maybe not, a, you know, but probably at the more reasonable price given the production, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. you know, we he's not, you know, maybe he's not a sick, you know, the raw talent at two and a half is probably worth the production that you possibly the potential, you know, for to be worth the ups and the downs that may, that are likely going to come early on. Right. But at the same time, um, again, at two and a half, it's much less of a financial risk than paying DP money um, and getting, you know, and getting and risking not getting that return. And so I think as we head into this next year, you know, as much as we, I think all of us have come to fall in love with our current midfield three and the, and the things that they bring to the table. Um, you know, I would expect um, him to continue, you know, to come in and push those guys for minutes. Um, you know, and I think it's one of those things where I think Bob is show even at a position that usually is one that you kind of like keeper where you just pick a guy and then that's who starts every single week. Um, you know, he allowed a competition to go on all season long. So, I can imagine you're going to continue to see the same thing in the midfield, and especially now that we're competing in three competitions this next year, um, mm-hmm. you're going to need those guys to, you know, a, rot- a nice rotation for guys to stay fresh and stay healthy throughout the year. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, that those four midfielders, five if you count Guido, are, are still not enough. So you still probably need um, maybe maybe another veteran midfielder that. You know, nothing, it's not going to be Lee Wynn or Sasha Kleston level after, you know, after you've gone out and signed a guy like Ginella. You're probably just talking about your sort of run of the mill MLS midfielder. Um, that's just, you know, a very average performer and is going to come in and give you 20 to 30 minutes every two to three games, I would imagine. Um, so you you still need him. Still a couple more pieces missing here and there, but we're not here to talk about off-season moves entirely. Tonight, for you, we have a special edition of the Counter Press in which we are going to assign Star Wars characters to each of our starting 11. Um, Josh and I have been going back and forth on Twitter the past couple days and weeks over... uh, the Mandalorian and all the Star Wars content coming out. The Rise of Skywalker opens this week, and we figured this would be a fun way to combine our two loves, uh, LAFC and Star Wars. Um, so before we get into 
our lineup. Josh, anything? What are you thinking about this movie? How are you feeling right now about the whole the whole thing? So over the last month or so, I've of me and one of my friends started from the very beginning and just watched all every single one that has been released, including Rogue One and Solo. So it took mm-hmm. about three weekends worth of just sitting around and doing nothing and watching Star Wars movies. And so I think I'm I'm growing to anticipate it more than I think I was after this last one, which, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with the way that the last, you know, these last two movies have gone, especially compared to, you know, the originals. But at the same time, you know, it's like it's a Star Wars movie. It, it Part of that nostalgia just brings out that kid in you and makes you just want, yeah. you know, like I think it the way thing the way that the series and franchise has become it's become one of those things where it's become incredibly gray where the original series was very much like you have a clear light and dark side there's good and bad guys it was easy to just pick one side and just enjoy it and those types of things and like a lot of movies that are being made today it's it a lot of that focus is on looking at the other side of things and and the gray that runs between a lot of these things, especially in warfare, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes a little bit tough to a tough pill to swallow because it it takes away from what that childlike feel that the original movies brought, right? But at mm-hmm. the same time, I also understand the direction what they're trying to do with it, the direction with it of it. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, that's actually I've actually enjoyed some of the the one what is it the the Clone Wars and and rebel series that they've recent recently released mm. um a little bit more just because again it has a little bit more of that nostalgic feeling to me um you know than some of the new ones the mandalorian kind of falls in that same thing too where like i said there's a clear at least at this point here's your good guy here's your bad guy it's easier to know who to love and who to hate kind of thing uh, yeah yeah and, you know baby yoda right it's easy boom um except now like i said with some of the new then episode seven and eight Again, they I think they've there was a clear push to show a little bit more of that gray, that gray area that and and those types of things. And so, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm going with my cousin and my brother and one of my good friends. Um, it's one of our traditions as as these movies have come out to do this around this time. So, you know, if anything, it's just a good time with friends and family. Yeah. So I always go by myself <laughs> to see nice. the Star Wars movies on opening night. Uh, that way I can have my experience, you know, uh, this uh, sort of unadulterated experience. I don't have to worry about is somebody else liking it. I don't have to ask. I don't have to worry about people asking me questions. I can just sit there and uh, and take it in. Um, I will say that at two different points in The Last Jedi, I asked myself, am I going to really stand up and walk out of a Star Wars movie? And to my credit, I did not get up and leave. Uh, maybe that's to my shame. I don't know. Uh, but there were two. There were two parts in that movie where I thought to myself, "This is not how I remember it." And maybe I'm just now too old. Like this is for a different audience. Um, much like you, I grew up uh, watching and rewatching and rewatching the original trilogy. Uh, the original trilogy. I, pro- I I wore out at least one set of. Uh, VHS tapes. Uh, and there's, a, there's a bunch of people listening to this podcast that may or may not know what that is. 
Let's point that out. Uh, so there, you know, there were these plastic boxes with film inside, <laughs> and that's how you used to watch movies. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, I always, I remember when I'd watch the, you know, I, we'd come to the end of the Last Jedi, and I'd feel this like sense of melancholy that like it was over. And I remember being very excited about the prequels. And as a teenager, as a you know, as a young teenager thinking, oh man, this is so great. I'm watching Star Wars again in the theaters. And then revisiting those movies as an adult is kind of like embarrassing at this point. <laughs> uh, and I, I thought The Force Awakens is pretty good. I thought uh, a lot of the plot points in The Last Jedi, especially everything dealing with Luke and Rey and Kylo Ren were fantastic. I was one who did not mind the direction that they took with Luke uh or those other two characters i just felt like the rest of the movie was was a mess um but anyway that's where we are now so yeah let's hope they let me again i think i'm watching on thursday so i'm i'm crossing my fingers and hoping for the best that they do it justice and you know we head forward with another you know with with disney hopefully not continue you know destroying it and then ruining it for all time and it's something that we can continue well, to pass on to the next yeah. generation yeah I, I will say it it is fun to watch with my kids uh, i have i i kind of accidentally stumbled upon a dvd box set of the original trilogy with the theatrical releases uh for those of you who don't know in the 90s george went back and added a bunch of scenes and cgi nonsense to the original trilogy and it's kind of hard to get the original theatrical releases now um and it's actually it's been fun to go back and watch those with my kids and you know they notice the difference like oh well why did why did george have to go back and put jabba in a new hope or you know why did uh i guess the more the most egregious one is why did why did george lucas go back and make it so greedo shot first and not han uh, so it's been fun to kind of pass on my <laughs> my plight to them maybe i'm just turning them into cynical little monsters like myself i don't know i mean it's how um, we look at it's how we look at soccer let's be real so that's true it's, that's it's true. nothing we new. are frequently accused of just not being able to enjoy anything <laughs> uh but i i had a lot of fun putting this list together so let's go over some of the rules uh we we decided that uh we were going to set a starting 11 and also a sub and include bob and that we were going to use, uh, may you know, semi to major characters in the in the Skywalker saga. We'll say. Uh, so here's our starting eleven. We have Pablo Cisniega, Tristan Blackman, Walker Zimmerman, Eddie Segura, uh, Diego Palacios, Edward Atuesta, Mark Anthony K, Latif Blessing, Brian Rodriguez, Diego Rossi, and Carlos Vela. And then again. Adama Diomande and and Bob. Um, so we'll go through these one-on-one, uh, one by one. Josh and I have not compared notes at all, so I'm really excited to see how we fall out. Josh, what do you have for Pablo Cisniega? So, again, he's a guy that, you know, is constantly saving people's butts um, when you when you least expect it. Um, isn't without his his flaws, however. And so for Pablo Cisniega, I went with um, Chewbacca, right? He's kind of mm. just around. He's kind of always there. He's, you know, he's 
you know, Han's right hand, right hand co-pilot, um, you know, seems to want, I, I was torn because I wanted to also kind of give that to Blackman cause he seems to be everyone's friend. So yeah, right. That, that one may be one that I'm going to, as this goes on, I might reassign back to Tristan Blackman. Um, <laughs> okay. Already. I'm like rethinking this one, but yeah. At the same time, yeah, he's a guy that you know. He's and he's been it's been constant. He saves your butt when you when you need it the most, uh, especially in yeah. some of these ga- the games that he played. So that's where I went there with with okay. uh, Cisnega. So I will say that uh, I I went a similar direction with Blackman. So that'll be interesting to talk about. And for Cisnega, I bent the rules a little bit, and I assigned him who I want him to be. And uh, you're gonna have to bear with me here, but I want Pablo Cisnega to be Java the Hut. I want him to be an absolute gangster. I want him to hang uh, opposing strikers in carbonite on his wall at home. I want him to be an absolute mass in the goal and to block anything at him, that anything that comes his way. Uh, I just want him to be intimidating. I want him to be collecting debts and stopping penalties and uh, just really not taking no for an answer from anybody. And if you cross him, you better watch out because he's going to send bounty hunters after you. Uh, yeah, so I and to be fair, I, I actually, you know, like I said, I especially because now in the in hindsight, like I, I really want to just switch that one over to the Chewbacca one to Blackman, um, mm-hmm. and you know, you kind of have to think like, okay, in in the way that he plays, right? There was there was a moment where we were all mortified that Tyler Miller didn't didn't just take the life out of Zlatan, you know, on a ball that was I think at like the just inside the penalty box right and it's one of those 50 50s where you're going to get the ball you're going to take the guy with you and they make all penalty but it's worth the risk at that point because otherwise you're just giving up an easy tap in right and so i think we've seen that from cisnega at times again it's at times and maybe that's where it even fits even more um because jabba you know you hear a lot about him in throughout the initial one even the second even through empire strikes back and then he kind of mm-hmm. just makes random appearances and you're just like, oh, it just kind of shows up out of nowhere as a gangster and does these things. And so, <laughs> again, maybe it fits a little bit more than we think Yeah, <laughs> already. I have to imagine he'd fill, he'd fill the goal quite well, Jabba the Hutt would. Yeah. I like that. would not be too easy to get a shot past him. Not exactly mobile, but uh, just a big mass of a person. All right. Tristan Blackman, Josh. Okay, now I gotta go re- reorganize this thing, and I'm gonna go with now. Blackman is my official Chewbacca because okay, <laughs> he when you look at when you look at the the interviews that he's done, when you see like the things that um whether it was Walker's podcast um you know mm-hmm. the a couple episodes that he had, or some of the things where they were following the guys to training. I think this <clears throat> some of the content that was on YouTube, especially in the first uh, <clears throat> during season one. Blackman seemed to always be the guy that just kind of hung out with everyone is always around, but yeah. he also has this streak of toughness to him that, you know, comes out every now and then, but again, shows his soft side and his ability to get along with everyone. And so I think, again, that's the, to me, that's now the most, the most appropriate um, assignment in term, you know, in my opinion for it. Yeah. Now. I like it. I like it. <coughs> uh, I went with Lando Calrissian for Tristan mm. Blackman. Uh, because I mean, the guy calls himself Swaggy T, right? So he clearly puts on this this sim, you know similar to Lando, he puts on this air of you, the, you know I'm I'm the classiest dude, 
Uh, I'm he fashions himself a bit of a ladies' man. Uh, he's also he's also pretty flashy. So when Tristan Blackman gets in the attacking third, he's pretty flashy. Also, if you if you look at kind of like a meta uh, arc of Lando Calrissian, you're not really sure what he is in the first in his first appearance in Empire Strikes Back because he double crosses Han and Leia because Vader shows up first and then ends up destroying the the death the second Death Star in Return of the Jedi. And I kind of feel like that was the case with. Tristan Blackman, you're not really sure what you had that first season. He's a, you know, he's a guy you took in the super draft. And then in the second season, um, he's actually getting the nod to start against the galaxy um, and help destroy that proverbial Death Star uh, and get us over the hump there. So I, I really feel like Lando's a good fit for him. Uh, so that's my pick for Tristan Blackman as Lando Calrissian. I like that. I like that. All right. I don't know how you did your center backs. Mine are a definite pairing. Is, is that how you did yours? Or no, I just assigned random people. Okay, so let's go. <laughs> let's go to Walker Zimmerman for you, and then I'll give both mine, and then we'll get Segura from you at the end. Okay, my my Walker Zimmerman pick in this one um, was Darth Maul, right? Ah, um, he has that that he's the one guy that seems to have a bit of an edge to him especially when you know like he has that scowl on his face he's the one that's at the end of the at the end of the game pumping up you know pumping up the crowd doing those different things mm-hmm. um you know and and then at the same time you know he gets cut in half and falls on a thing randomly and so <laughs> you know and i'm and so you know i, I i'm <laughs> You know that, so maybe that that He's that sequence there is, is is yeah is Greg Berhalter cutting him in half <laughs> because throughout the second half of the season he just wasn't what he wasn't quite the same, and so you know oh, he does make good. a reappearance in in future seasons you know in in the extended universe in some of you know and and so on and so forth, um, you know I think he makes an appearance in uh, Solo and a couple other things there. And so, you know, with whether it's with robotic legs or whatever they, you know, whatever he comes back with, he is, he did come back, uh, again, not quite to what he was before in terms of uh, being able to flip around and do different things and what he looked like, you know, potential defender of the year candidate at the start of the season. But definitely, again, he has, to me, he has that, that edge. He's willing to, you know, go out there and, and, you know, and, Again, he's that guy who's willing to put in a hard tackle and do the do some of the 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 dark arts, if you will. But not even the dark arts; he's just physical, right? Mm-hmm. If, if if anything, that's just the one thing that he's been. You know, he'll shoulder check someone if he needs to, um, yeah, right. you know, and that kind of thing. And so that's where I went with with Walker. I like it. So again, I have to get my center backs uh, together because they are pairing, and I picked Poe Dameron and Finn. So Poe for Zimmerman and Finn for Segura, uh, largely based on their pairing in The Force Awakens, where they were just they were this immediately charismatic team from the drop. Um, so Poe goes to rescue, or Finn rescues Poe from uh, wherever he's being held, and uh, they're just immediately best friends. They're flying the Tie Fighter together, and I kind of felt like that's how it was. You have. Finn come in, or yeah, Finn. You have Segura come in on loan at the beginning of the season, and he and Zimmerman are just this unstoppable force in MLS. Uh, and you know, early talk of them being 
the best center back pairing in the league. Uh, and really until uh, Zimmerman goes off to that gold cup camp, they are, they are just part of, you know, the best defense in MLS. Um, I'm not really sure if there's a rhyme or reason to assigning Poe and Finn to either one. I just thought they're the most dynamic pairing that I have left based on who I assigned everybody else. So we're going to go with them, but that's what I got. Okay. And so for me, now now we're going to Segura. Um, Mm -hmm. So the, where I went with this was that, you know, he was a guy that is, that was probably the actual defender of the year candidate, but never got the shine that he truly deserved. And mm. so the the guy that I went with for Eddie Segura was Wedge Antilles. So ah, he's actually the best the best pilot in the rebellion, right? So yeah. everyone gives all the praise to Luke and to Han, but again, Wedge was the only one in you know to actually survive all three of the things in a fighter plane. Um, yeah. right in his X-wing, he actually makes it through every single battle um in all three movies. Uh again, he's you know, he's he's what the equivalent of the NBA six man of the year award. Um, (laughs) you know, because again, he's, he he shows up exactly when you need him. And again, you know, where Lando deals the, because he got the bigger plane blows up the, you know, actually hits the big reactor. Wedge was the one that gets in first and blows up the, the shield generator thing on the side. Man, I really wanted to use wedge. I'm glad that you did. Uh, and I think that's a great, that's a great pick there. That was mm -hmm. smart. I like that, Josh. And supposedly he may be making an appearance on on Thursday. Oh, is supposedly. That so? All right then. I think it's in wake of Carrie Fisher, um, okay, having passed yeah. away. So they needed someone that, you know, they that need to stand in. That, did yeah, uh, the lead? The did thing. he show up? I can't remember. Did he show up in Rogue One? Um, Was he one of the pilots that they? Yeah, I don't actually Rogue don't One? remember. I have to go back. This when I rewatched it this last time, I wasn't really paying attention. I was mm. probably on Twitter or something like okay. that. But all right, I don't, I don't Man, think so. Pick. But yeah, that's like that. that's where I'm going with that one. That's solid. All right, Josh Diego Palacios. Okay, so the thing about Diego Palacios is that you just don't know about him that much about him, right? Oh, I think you, I know where you're going. Seen, you've seen some some flashes. Of brilliance, you've seen some of these these different things there, um, and so where I'm going with him is Boba Fett. Oh, okay, because that's not where I was going. Actually, Got it. Because for me, like I'm not actually sure. Like you've you you know he's supposed to be powerful. You know he's supposed to be that guy, but you still haven't quite seen it, right? And yeah. Just you know, he's just kind of a cool dude. You don't, you don't really know what to expect. I I was a little bit I, you know Brian Rodriguez was where was one where I may have gone with Boba Fett as well because you know you he has all the bells and whistles but you still haven't seen the final product. Um, yeah. And so, but again, and again, and but the same can be said for Palacios, right? Where you've seen flashes, you've seen different things, um, you know. But then he got done in by you know a, a free kick, right? You know, holds the guy yeah. inside. I think in that one in in that one sequence and that was the last game i think we saw him this past season so again it's a guy that based on what we know about the mandalorians all these different things has all the power in the world um you know and and you know essentially was one of the guys critical in catching you know and catching Mm -hmm. han and luke and at bespin but 
at the same time, you're not quite sure what he actually does well because you didn't really see him because all he, he got hit got hit with a pike and he flies into the side of the sail barge and then falls into the pit and that was the last. I mean, he was he was like one of the original memes, right? You got Boba mm-hmm. Fett. Like this is before social media. Like this is back in what 1983 or whenever Return of the Jedi came out. Like you got Boba Fetted was a thing where you were a cool character that just got killed in the most ridiculous manner. Yeah, uh, and again, I, I, we're just not sure what. Yeah, it's I. I just think that I'm not sure what to think of him quite yet. I think there's potential there, right? He could become, you know, that all powerful Mandalorian based on what, you know, what we yeah. think he can do. But so I haven't seen I'm, I'm not sure what I should do here because I had a surprise comparison for Boba Fett. Now I can save that till the end or I can go ahead and give it now since we're on the topic. No, I would say save it and then we'll come back to it. All right, we'll save it. We'll come back. Uh, so when you said we don't know much about him, I got to admit I cheated on this one too. I didn't go with the Skywalker saga for Diego Palacios. I kept thinking, what do we know about Palacios? And all I could think of is like, his name is Cheeky and he's small and he seems like he's got these flashes of absolute brilliance. So I assigned him Baby Yoda (laughs) (laughs) because I can't help but love the guy. And from what I've seen, I like it. Um, But I I just really don't know. Like I have no idea what Baby Yoda is doing in the Mandalorian still other than stealing the internet. Uh, from yeah, all of and us. you know he's supposed and, and and if he's if he is a force user in that way, you know he's supposed to be powerful. We just exactly. don't know what to what extent yes. yet, right? Yep. So that was that's how I signed it. Uh, and I I want to see more. I definitely want to see more of of both of them. So that's my pick there. All right, Edward Atuesta. Um, let's see. You go first on this one because I'm I'm okay. I'm thinking so a for bit. Edward Atuesta. I chose Obi-Wan because I think he is such an important piece. Obi-Wan especially is, I think, one of the major driving forces in both the first and the second trilogy, or I guess the prequels and the and the original trilogy. Um, he's there. He's the one who initially trains and still leads Luke all, through all three films, and he's there in the regrettable prequels as well, and I think those movies would have been much better served if it if they were centered on Obi-Wan and Anakin is the guy that he trains and fails to do so. And so you look you yeah, I think if you would have watched the prequels through Obi-Wan's eyes and watched him as he watched his pupil disintegrate, I think it would have been a much better story. Uh, and that's how I see Eddie Atuesta. I see him as the guy who pulls all the strings from midfield. I see him as a large reason uh, that the offense and the defense looked so good uh, throughout the films. And I, I think he is just all class. And what else could you say about the guy that Alec Guinness plays or Ewan McGregor for that matter? Yeah, I'm actually, you know, that's not a bad shot. Like, I actually was going to go with like a Qui-Gon Jinn for him, right? Ah, yeah. Just, be, just be, again, for the, for a lot of the same reasons that you just listed in terms of his the stability that he brings to the back, he's actually the guy that that gets everything started, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he to me, he's actually probably the only the sanest person in the room, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, which again maybe doesn't apply to Atuesta sometimes because he is willing to get in there and scrap a little bit. So that's probably where it's not against um, Seattle though. Yeah, I mean that's probably where <laughs> uh, what's it called? 
Well, yeah, in in that one moment. But I mean, how many times yeah, have you seen yeah. him be the guy that gets in? You know, he also I think earlier in the year wasn't he the one that that got into it with Roldan and got and Roldan got red carded? Oh yeah, that was him. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so that's a, that's a good pull right there. I like that. You know, so one of those. You know, so I would say maybe he's he's probably maybe less Qui Gon maybe even a little bit more Poe Dameron in my opinion. Right, he's a little hot headed at times, um, mm. but definitely talented. But yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go. You know, I like I like where you went with that Obi Wan reference, just because in 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 that sense, where like I said, if you think about the his actual, he is the second most important player on that team. Yeah, right. In terms right. of the way that they play at this current moment, and again, he's that he's the one guy that when he is not available, um, in the team plays completely differently. Um, yeah. I, you know, you saw it a couple times when in games that he missed for whatever reason, whether it's suspension or he was resting or whatever it may be, um, you know, without, without his presence and those different things, the, the direction of things is, 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 and in terms of the way that the offense is offense flows and all those different things is much different. Like when K fills in at that, at, as the, as the tempo setter from the six, it's a lot different style as opposed to when, you know, when it what's at Tuesta, when it's at Tuesta and, you know, whereas it's a little bit more deliberate and more direct when K is there at Tuesta is one of those guys who, you know, you, he keeps you kind of guessing. And I think, like I said, in your, your call there for Obi-Wan makes a little more sense because again, I think he's the, you know, given Alec Guinness was our original, our original version of him, and even you, you and McGregor down now, right? They're the most versatile in terms of their ability to act, and I think that's probably you know yeah. look goes forward in terms of Atuesta's ability to both be a midfielder controller, but also a guy that can get forward in the attack as well, right? Mm-hmm. You just you know wish you would add a little bit of defense in there, and and instead of you know the 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 you the early, you know, the prequel uh, Obi-Wan in terms of his ability to fight and those things, you get a, in that Seattle game, he looked a little bit more like Obi-Wan sacrificing himself, the Darth Vader standing there yeah. with laser getting <laughs> chopped down. <laughs> I've had enough. In midfield. Let the season die. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right, Mark Anthony K. So <clears throat> this is where in where I struggle a little bit to kind of find that, that, that person um, for him. I went with Poe Dameron on this one, right? Mm. He's that guy that, that um, again, he does, he's a little bit uh, in terms of his, his temperament, right? You know, you you know, he's, he can be a little bit, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Yeah. I mean, he's that guy that, everyone you know he he stands out when you see him right he's what mm-hmm. six three right in terms of midfielder he's bigger than everyone else he's the guy that you know he's he's always there to you know jump in and 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 get back up hit whoever you know his his teammates and those types of things um and you see that a lot from Bo throughout these you know throughout the different um yeah these movies as of late um you know but at the same time some of the decision making is not quite always ideal and mm-hmm. again, that's that's kind of where I, I went with that one. Yeah. So I went, this is where I assigned Chewbacca was for Mark Anthony K. Mm. Uh, and the line that comes to mind is uh, in A New Hope when C-3PO and R2-D2 are playing whatever battle chess 
they are with Chewbacca. And uh, C-3PO is complaining about, you know, Chewbacca's getting getting honorary with them for for winning. And Han Solo says, uh, that's because droids won't pull off your arms if they lose. And you see Chewie kind of put his arms above his head like, yep, that's right. And then C-3PO's, all right, let's let, let's let the Wookiee win. So for me, it's Mark Anthony K because of what you talked about. He's always the first one to to whatever pile. If anybody gets taken out, he's the one that's going to come over and rip some people's arms out and beat them over the head with it. And I love that about Mark Anthony K. Uh, I think he's also a, a dependable midfielder. I think he's good in the attack, uh, just like just like Chewie. He's always there when you need him, and uh, he's pretty good with that uh, with that crossbow too, um, as evidenced by Kylo Ren. And uh, his shot, spoiler alert, uh, in case you haven't seen The Force Awakens, but uh, it's a pretty accurate shot on Kylo Ren after he murders his father, uh, <laughs> Han Solo. This is so true. Mark Anthony Kay is my Chewbacca. All right. Latif Blessing, Josh. Okay, so I think you can go a couple of directions with this one. Um, yeah, definitely. In, term, in terms of a story arc, right? I think you can go with even like a Luke Skywalker shot for Latif mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. comes from, you know, comes from a poor village in Ghana, you know, like he's, you know, Luke's from, you know, a moisture farm, moisture farm, you know, in the middle of, <laughs> you know, a, a sand, a sand planet. I was like, I like it, literally until I was an adult, had no idea what they were talking about. And then I'm like, oh, it's because it's really sandy that they're actually yeah. trying to harvest water i'm like Mm -hmm. okay but in terms again in terms of the story arc right you go from that to being an all-powerful jedi and those types of things um you know and so you know in terms of the arc i think you can go with a little bit of a luke skywalker shot there but um the one thing that shot that came to mind was r2d2 right Mm-hmm. he's kind of penciled in when you think of a droid you know like when initially the droids are kind of penciled in as being exactly what they are right this mm-hmm. they're, they're a robot this is what they do but when you look at when you watch every single star wars movies you realize that outside of like the seasoned actors that are in in the movies the droids are the, actually the only ones that have personality right yeah. whether that's c3po right. or rgd2 they show the most the most emotion and character and those things that that feels real um mm-hmm. again part of it is probably because of the the actors that are portraying you know um i think anthony daniels was like a stage actor or something like that beforehand as well yeah um and as opposed to a lot of the other characters the main characters are guys that were at the time were were more new to the scene i think i think star was really what put on guys like uh mark hamill and carrie fisher and and harrison ford uh, was kind of their first foray into the business yeah and yeah. so um you know, but then as as the the legend of R two T R two D two who again started out as a a droid who just projected the little thing, as they as the movies kept going on, he started just ha- adding more powers, right? And then mm-hmm. he had a rocket underneath him. Then he had the little taser thing. <laughs> then then he has a flamethrower in one of them. I'm just like, oh man. Yeah. And again, that's kind of what Latif has been. He's got he's a switch, literally a switch army knife in terms of yeah, Swiss army yeah. switch, Swiss army knife in terms of his ability to just kind of pull out the random thing that you need exactly when you need it. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, it's three feet tall. Yeah, or five no, foot so five. I, I, Josh, I honestly had R two D two penciled in for a long time for Latif blessing, but I couldn't get over the fact that 
R2-D2 was just too slow moving for Latif Blessing. But for all those reasons that you just described, all his little gadgets and gizmos and uh, the personality, and he's always the one that bails you out at the end. I had him penciled in for a long time. And I just couldn't get over the fact that Latif Blessing needed a jetpack. Uh, But for the reasons we talked about with Boba Fett, I decided that I couldn't give him Boba Fett. So I gave him the actual Mandalorian from the show. Somebody much more useful. I mean, uh, you could go with BB-8. I mean, he kind of does this. He's faster. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's pretty good. Yeah. He's got some speed um, to him. And then he, you know, kind of, yep. they kind of just keep giving him more random gizmos and gadgets as the thing goes. I mean, that's what yeah. they do with the, the cute droid. So, yeah, that would have been, the, that, that would have been a good idea too. Uh, but for whatever reason, I stuck with the Mandalorian. Uh, I realized that maybe a bit of recency bias on my part, but just a guy who can seemingly do it all. He flies. Uh, he seemingly one day is going to get a jetpack. That's kind of a bet for the future that Latif is going to get his jetpack eventually in this show, uh, whether in this season or in seasons to come, if they renew it. Um, he's got all, you know, the Mandalorian's got a ton of different weapons. He's got the armor. Uh, Latif's got the thick skin now from the galaxy, treating him like absolute garbage. Um, and all the racist remarks coming from the, the galaxy podcast. Uh, I think, I think that fits him well, him and his, uh, his, what is it called? Beskar steel armor. Yeah. I like Um, it. So that's what I got. All right, Josh, Brian Rodriguez. Okay. So again, this was more where I was debating between with him and cheeky in terms of being the Boba Fett Mandalorian character, because again, I Mm -hmm. think there's. There's a lot there, and I'm still not sure what to do with it. You know what it is yet, you know, because the finish, the end product, just isn't quite there yet. But you see, you see all the power there, and so where I went with Brian Rodriguez is Ray. Um, Ah, nice. Because like I said, he she for for most LAFC fans, no one had ever heard of him. Right, he was a mm-hmm. guy that kind of just came out of nowhere. You see the thing pop up, you know, transfer rumor. They've agreed to fee nine. How long? Eighteen? Nineteen? I don't think it was that much. I, I think it was. No, no, no. Age. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he was nineteen when it when it happened. Yeah. So yeah, nineteen year old. Yeah, he's nineteen now, right? So he's a young guy. Yeah. Comes out of you know coming 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 out of left field where you know again it shouldn't be at this point considering how many players we've now brought from brought from um, Uruguay but at the same time again kind of out of nowhere um, can do a lot of things that you just didn't quite expect to see um, right in terms of you know he has you know because I I feel like I felt like I almost had to go all Jedi for our front three just because again that's yeah the all powerful people right within the series. And so that's kind of where I went there was with again you're you're not quite sure exactly what 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 what's the potential right for him there is he he probably has the highest potential you know in in, in I think in the movies she because she's been willing she's kind of what they I think what are they they the is like she will go as quickly to the dark as as quickly as she goes to the light and is it's been able to balance yeah. these things and kind of mm-hmm. has gotten all the power right away and you kind of see that from from rodriguez where you know like she kind of underused and underutilized you know and you know not necessarily directly um 
but at the same time, you know, you you're not really sure what what you're what the what the ultimate potential is with her yet. And so I think that's where um, I drew the comparisons with Brian Rodriguez and um, yeah, there, which is like I said, there's a lot of power there. You're just not sure what, you know, is it is is a world class player? Is it, you know, somewhere in the middle? You know, like you know, the rumors are that he's going to be sold for, you know, upwards of thirty million thirty million dollars. Mm-hmm. And so you know, again, there's there's all those things that are out there, and we we're, we're just trying to find out more about them. And I think you know, you saw people go left and right to try and figure out who she was and where she came from and how yeah. she's able to do yeah. all these different things. And I think you're you're kind of seeing the same thing with Rodriguez in terms of we're trying to figure out what that it you know what what that what that max potential is and you know mm-hmm. ultimately i think you'll probably see it this next year just like we'll probably see what it is from ray on thursday yeah so i uh for a lot of the same reasons oddly enough went a very opposite direction from you <laughs> i went with darth maul for brian rodriguez uh not only for the, you know he's got all the tattoos looks cool just like darth maul uh, Darth Maul comes in and he's, you know, kind of the same thing what you just said. He's this very mysterious guy, uh, but he's obviously very skilled. He's got this new lightsaber that we've never seen before. And I think in a lot of ways, Brown Rodriguez is the guy that has all these moves that aren't necessarily commonplace to MLS uh, and certainly not on on our team uh, at the moment that he came in. Um, but ultimately falls a bit short in the first season from where our expectations were. And that's probably just that we had unreasonable expectations for him. Uh, much like I think we had for Darth Maul and the prequel trilogy at large. Um, and if he gets sold in January, I, I don't know if I believe those reports, but if he does, then that would, uh, that would really solidify it for me as him just moving on too early and being, and being gone from the series. Uh, hopefully the he's Burke able to cut him legs. in half. Yes. I don't know. I, to be honest, uh, I think, I think your, your Walker Zerman might be better than my Brown Rodriguez, Darth Maul for that reason alone. So I just needed okay. a reason to bring Greg Berhalter into it. Let's be Yeah, real. absolutely. Greg Berhalter is Jar Jar Binks and I will accept no <laughs> other answers for what it's worth. He's just a clown. <laughs> Absolute clown. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Diego Rossi, Josh. Okay, so Diego Rossi to me, um, again, I, I kind of wanted to go, uh, you know, again, like BB-8 with him. Um, again, he's so fast, you know, for that, you know, just those different things. But mm-hmm. I actually think I'm going to go a little bit more Luke Skywalker with him. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he he kind of has, you know, when, when he comes in, you know he's the main character. He he does some things really well. Not as but he's he never quite <laughs> this makes it sound bad. It's like he he almost never quite lives up to exactly what we're asking of him. Um uh-huh. at times. Uh-huh. And I think that's that's kind of the direction where what you kinda of have with Luke where it's like, you know, you expect him to be this person, you expect these different things, you know, and you know, you hope he doesn't you know, and he does, you know, and he has all the ta- all the ability and all the talent to become all powerful and, and he, you, you know, he does things the right way. Um, you know, and again, he, he's sometimes on the brink of, of, of 
of going, you know, just when you think he's on the brink of going going south in terms of the direction of his career, you know, he kind of switches and and at the last minute and is able to turn it on right then and there and, mm-hmm. and come up with these magical mm-hmm. moments and these types of things. And so that's that's where I decided to go with with uh, Rosie. Yeah, uh, very similar. Uh, I went with Anakin Skywalker uh, pre Darth Vader suit and pre uh, Dark Side Anakin Skywalker um, for a lot of the same reasons. He's obviously very powerful. Obviously, uh, a total natural at what he's doing. Um, and a great asset for the for the whole team, but also has a bit of a whiny side. I think Diego Rossi is a bit. He's also on the Uruguayan diving team. If you didn't know that, and Anakin is definitely a bit of a whiner. Uh, and by a bit of a whiner, I mean an absolute whiner, uh, to the point where sometimes you're like, "Hey, Diego, just just you know, be a little stronger. Finish those chances. Don't always go looking for the for the for the penalty or whatever it is." Uh, but yeah, Anakin had all the promise in the world, and I think Diego Rossi does as well, and uh, hopefully he doesn't turn to the dark side. All right, the big one, Josh, Carlos Vela. So where I went with Carlos Vela is is a little is a little bit where you were talking going with the Diego Rossi, and I went with just the whole arc of Anakin to Darth Vader, um, mm. in in terms of for Carlos Vela. In the sense where I think when you, he came up with that U seventeen Mexican was it U seventeen when they won the U seventeen World Cup? I think so. I think so. With him and Gio and those guys, right? That that's like your your young impressionable, mm-hmm. you know, Anakin Skywalker, you know, in in uh, the Phantom Menace comes up. He's all you know. He is the all powerful one of the three of them. He was the, he was the guy that people pegged to be, you know, yeah. the best of of the bunch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he just things just didn't quite work out, right? And he kind of just became, you know, this this it was the the flatline moments, and maybe that's where again it, the comparison falls a little bit short. But I think the power was always there until mm-hmm. I think he finally just decided to embrace being the bad guy to the Mexican media, um, <laughs> and, and just say the hell with it and come to LA. Don the black and gold, and uh-huh. and really just start choking people out and 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 not caring, right? Yeah. Because I think when you, I think the one thing that you can say about Bell at this point is that he stopped caring what people think. And when you look at the arc of the Jedi, it's a lot of what the the mindset is: is I have to do things a certain way. I have to be this. Yeah. I have to be that. I can't give in to my emotions and those different things. I think what he's done by leaving Spain and leaving leaving all of it behind in some of the art in some of the the interviews that he's given where it's just like, no, I'm going to do what makes me happy. Right. And that's very much a dark side trait and I'm all for it. Very astute. I like that. Right. And and it's one of those things where I think he's, he's given into it and has taken all the power that comes along with it. And, and again, has become the most powerful person in the galaxy when it comes down. Yeah. You know that, man, that's really good. So we have Rosie. They're still good in him. Right. Yes, but <laughs> we have Vela and Rossi exactly opposite, and I think yours might be more accurate. But I'll go ahead and give you my case for Vela being Luke Skywalker, uh, not the least of which is, you know he's the main protagonist, um, and he is all powerful, and he is going to stare down uh, the face of 
you know, uh, whether it's Zlatan Ibrahimovic or Darth Vader or whoever it is, he's not afraid to challenge them even too early. Um, also, underrated fact, Luke Skywalker is left-handed. Ooh. So that seemed appropriate. Um, but yeah, I mean, Luke, when I was a little kid, was everything I wanted to be. Um, down, I mean, you know, he shows up in Return of the Jedi dressed all in black and he just starts slicing people down on Jabba's barge with that freaking green lightsaber and I just thought he was the coolest thing ever. And when I when I watch my kids watch Carlos Vela, it's, I'm reminded of the same thing. Uh, where that's all they want to be. They, you know, that's the only team they play with on FIFA so they can be Carlos Vela. They fight over who's going to be Carlos Vela when they're playing soccer with each other in the backyard. Uh, they have Vela posters in all three of their rooms. They're just obsessed, just like I was with Luke Skywalker. So I think that's part, I, a lot of it's sentimental, but uh, I really like your long-term view of Vela as Anakin as well. All right. Time for the super sub. And I think based on who is still available, we may, we may have our first agreement here. Who do you have for Adama Diomande? So I'm going to go with Han Solo on this one. Yes. Yes, um, our first one. You know, because... <laughs> You know, he's that he's that scout, you know, like he has that kind of uh, aloofness is not the right word. Right. But at the same time, he's the, the guy that almost seems like he he's almost too cool for school sometimes in terms of how yeah. not necessarily how yeah. his attitude, because I think he always goes at it hard, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think he he his attitude sometimes is kind of the lifeblood of the whole thing. Right. Um Yeah. You know, sometimes you like you wish everyone had a little bit more of that streak in him, because I think you, your team sometimes can be better, better for it, right? And you know, in that question mm-hmm. of who shot first, and Han definitely did. You know, Dio would be that guy. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I, I, I'm happy that we got at least one, and I'm I'm honestly happy that it's this one that we got, uh, that we that we chose together. Uh, Dio for me is Han Solo. He definitely shoots first and asks questions later. He kind of like you said, uh, I, I do agree that aloof isn't the, exactly the word. When he is on, he is the best guy to have on your team because he will just wreck people. And I think we see that when he's in a super sub role, he is absolutely destructive. Uh, and if you need more proof of that, just go back and watch the last El Trafico where, you know, he comes in for about 30 minutes and ends up with a brace and ju- I mean, it's just dominating fashion. Similar to the, similar to the way that Han takes off in a new hope, uh, after he gets his reward money, and then comes in at the last second to, uh, to bail out Luke as he's making his run at the death star. Uh, to me, that is that's that's Dio. He's the guy that, you know, he's going to come in when you need him and he's going to show up in the big moments most likely and he's going to show up big. Um so I'm glad that I'm glad that's the way you went. Uh what about our last one, Bob Bradley? Bob is Emperor Palpatine. Oh, this is perfect. Our last two we get together. <laughs> Bob Bob pulls all the strings. It's kind of mean. Yeah. Yep. ruthless in terms of how he goes about it. Um, you know, he treats everyone kind of the same, whether it's Darth Vader 
tells them to, you know, basically tells everyone to shut up and just do their, do yeah. what they're told. Um, yeah. You know, again, like he, when, when you go back, you know, if there's ever a person, you know, like, again, he, he's the perfect politician, you know, and then again, he'll, he'll tell Sebastian Salazar to go away. Yes. Right, when when yes. the time comes. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I do agree. He like you said, he pull he's pulling all the strings. He's been pulling all the strings for a long time. Um, a, a thing that I think the prequels fail at is just how, uh, just how dumb everybody looks in comparison to then Senator Palpatine, who is just clearly from the beginning out for nothing but himself and his own power, and everybody else just eats out of his hand. Um. And I think that's how Bob, I mean, Bob has these guys playing exactly the way that he wants them to. And if you cross him like Andre Horta, you're going to be out and you're not going to play. And he doesn't care that you're making whatever DP money you're getting, you're going to ride the bench or you're not even going to be in the 18th. Uh, if there is anybody in world soccer that could have force lightning, it would be Bob Bradley. That man would love yeah. to roast some fools. Um, yeah, I, I I love it. I love that pick. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, anybody he, else? You know, go ahead. Well, I mean, I give you the thing the arc the arc of the whole thing, right? Was, um, you know, of of Palpatine is that him moving the chess pieces and those and those different things, and sometimes it comes down to a flaming halt, like it has it. You know, whether it was a national team or these different things, but. You know, like you've seen training videos of Bob literally on the field moving people's actual bodies, say face this way, yeah, do this, do right, that, you know, right. and, you know, but at the same time, pushing people to greatness, right? Whether, yeah. and so this is where my, where my, you know, my, my Carlos Vela and uh, Anakin yeah. Skywalker, Darth Vader thing comes in, in terms of, you know, like comparing him to Messi and like, this is what I expect yeah. of you, unleashing, unleashing Carlos Vela, right? And, you know, whereas the Jedi were holding him back. Right. You have you yeah. have Emperor yeah. Palpatine kind of unlocking, you know, the best or, you know, for, for other people, the worst of Carlos. Vela. Right. Right. Nah, that's fantastic. I love the way those two put those two picks for you play off each other. All right, Josh, you got anybody else? Any honorable mentions? I mean, I was going to call Zlatan Jar Jar Binks, but um, the Greg Berhalter one's a little bit better. Yeah, I'll think of something for for Zlatan here in a second uh, while I go over my surprise pick because I have a bone to pick with the whole Boba Fett thing. Uh, I do find the cult of personality around Boba Fett to be really odd. I've It's something I've never understood that, you know, based on Vader and the Empire Strikes Back saying no disintegrations, we automatically assume this guy is the coolest thing ever. Uh, and then he promptly gets killed in the in the next film. Uh, so I, I never understood the hype around him. Um, I will say that my pick for Boba Fett, I got hyped for, probably because he looked cool, and then just never panned out and was jettisoned, and that's Andre Horta. Andre Horta is mm. my Boba Fett, and he's definitely the victim of being Boba Fetted. Just kicked right off the team super early, and in a very uh, lame way, I guess you could say. Just some, a guy that never showed up and was pretty easy to dispatch in the end. I like it. 
I still don't have anything for Zlatan. I don't know. I don't know who the second most annoying character is in Star Wars, but give it to him. <laughs> yeah. The Admiral Hux from the new ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Just one. I like that. Screams. Yep. I mean, I guess yep. technically he he's probably a little bit more like Kylo Ren, really, in all honesty, right? Actually has quite a bit of power, those types of things, yeah. but yeah. again, is a bit petulant and annoying. He's a bit whiny. Yeah. yeah. Just worried about finding his own way, falls in and out of favor with everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the one thing you can say about Zlatan is he's never really fit in anywhere he's gone. I think PSG was his longest stint. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, he I, couldn't I, even I like get along one. with Guardiola, right? So, yeah, or Messi, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we did it. Um, do you want to go back over yours to give him a quick recap, or are you good? I don't, I don't remember what they were now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess we got to go back and listen now too. Uh, if you all have any other suggestions, or you think that we totally and just royally screw this one up. Let us know. Let us know. You know, tweet us your starting eleven. Who would they be? Again, our stu- the the starting eleven for us were Cisniega, Blackman, Zimmerman, Segura, Palacios, Atuesta, K, Blessing, Rodriguez, Rossi, and Vela. Uh, tweet us who who you would have picked and why. We'd love to hear it. Um, you can find you can tweet us at the show at, at counterpress underscore. Or you can email us the counterpress show at gmail.com. Josh, where can they find you? LAFC Josh on Twitter. And I am at Kirk Kinsey on Twitter. Thank you for joining us tonight, and I hope you all enjoy the new Star Wars film this week. Talk to you later.